Welcome to episode 3 of Keep You Uppies with me, Richie McGee. It's the 25th of October. It's three days I turned 40. Oh my God. I can't believe it. But I had the luxury of catching up and playing Keep You Uppies with two very good friends of mine, two very good football friends in Paddy McCrory and Niall Dummigan, the current uh, management team at Oxford Sunnyside. The guys sat down and chatted about uh, the season to date and their thoughts and feelings on the, on the lockdown and how the club plans to kick on in the future. So kick back, listen in, and again, thanks again for the guys for lending me, for lending me their time. It was short and sweet, but it was uh, productive. And again, thank you, football friends. So listen up. Come and sit a bit closer, just so I can hear you. So boys, uh, thanks for sitting down for 10 minutes we've been talking about this for quite a while so this is all about football friends right so you guys us were 30 years football friends 30 years plus, plus to think about it yeah. so we're plus steeping indeed. history we were talking about it uh, outside uh, so just in catching up with you the, the podcast called Keep You Uppies so being clever with it you know? <laughs> clever. Yeah. Yeah. so it's Keep You Uppies so celebrating local football and then talking about the the highs and the lows of the Premier League and even we even talk about Scottish football we'll have to talk about Scottish football don't get them started <laughs> we'll get a chat about it we'll stay away we'll, we'll, get a right <laughs> we'll get a chat about it but just to catch up with you just to play keep you up please. so uh, we're one week down into the four week uh, lockdown yeah. so just if you can give me just a reflection on your season so far on yeah, so, on. so far to be honest with you like we started off really well um, we had what four months there without football the first lockdown and you're also a bit concerned about what shape you're going to come back in. But thankfully we came back in there and we won four of our first five league games, which is a good start under anybody's estimation. Absolutely, yeah. Um, starting to gather pacer and then unfortunately we're back into a four-week lockdown again and, and maybe looking at having to do a mini pre-season again. But look, it is what it is. These are the times we're in. It's difficult. In fairness, uh, you had made a comment, I noticed, about the Irish Cup. So the elite football still being played. Yeah. You guys obviously are intermediate team and are using... The round one of the Irish Cup to come up, to come up. The, the playing field is no longer level. No, As you it's say, not. you're going to have to kick into a mini, a mini pre-season. See, potentially, I don't know when the Irish Cup draw is going to be done, but you know, we could be asked to play round one of the Irish Cup before we are allowed to go back and play our league football again, or even train yeah. properly. So at the minute, it's, I think Sport and I released um, a statement saying you could do non-contact training for 15 or less. But you know, how are you expected then to go and play football? Exactly. How can you compete? You, if you're four weeks. <coughs> Lockdown, your four week of no football, no competitive yeah. football. As you say, you can train now. Look, it's not easy for anybody. I know Mid Ulster are trying their very best there, you know, to try and keep things going. And in fairness to them, they were proactive. And yeah. we, we played, as I say, five, six league games there. Um, amateur League in Belfast haven't played any. You know, Premier Intermediate League there haven't played any games. Um, 
Championship one haven't played any game, so at least yeah. we've had the benefit of having part of a season so far, even though it's now been drawn to a halt again for temporarily. And has there been any communications from anybody over the since the lockdown? Um, league league ways or, or not really? Look, the league just sent out a statement. Uh, I think it was just in the back of the AFS statement, just saying basically everybody has to stand down, no training, no matches, and then that has since then developed Change. into Change. you're allowed to now train non-contact with groups of fifteen or less. So look, it's. It's not ideal, non-contact, you know, but yep. at least it's a way of getting back and getting working on some fitness again. I suppose yeah. so, but then with your four weeks fitness, then there's going to be maybe a week where you're going to allow to play the football or train with the ball before you play your, your first match. Oh, you, you would need that. You would need that. You so can't expect actually, it just to be going on a Friday. Like football, you, yeah. maybe possibly six weeks, depending yeah. on fixtures. And yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is there merit, do you think... Uh, just uh, looking at the, the legs of the Champions League because of um, COVID before that, the lockdown, the five substitutions to, to cater for the, yeah. you know, I, the fitness I'd elements. A, I'd be a big fan of that, to be honest with you. Like, I'd be a fan of it anyway because you know, you're allowed to bring five subs and only allowed to use three of them. Yeah. As a manager, nobody likes to let two boys sit there. And there's Absolutely. times there in furnace, depending on how your game's going, where you'd like to use them. Tactically, you know, the certain situations in the game, you could bring them in and you would avail of them. Yeah. So I'd be, a th- and, and especially now at the minute, in terms of fitness, um, you know the, the interruption of the league where potentially injuries are not going to come into play look I don't see why it's not going to do anybody any harm exactly. having five subs you could I use I have seen it, it played out and even for you as a squad that you, you know you're you're creating a bigger squad you're creating more participation less headaches yeah. everybody's yeah. involved that's and it and everybody feels part like we've all been there you know where you've maybe been on the bench at times or like, and, and maybe you don't get a run out thankfully yeah. um, myself like we probably Weren't, didn't have the luxury of numbers, you know, at underage and stuff where you played most of your games, but you know, everybody wants to be involved, you know what I mean? And it's um, but from a management point of view, they're being able to have that extra option of bringing a couple of subs on, I think, absolutely, it'd be yeah, it'd be a help rather than it was, than in, it was very interesting to see it during the week where in Europe, the, the bigger Liverpool, etc., like yeah. being able to take your front, front three strikers off and put uh, your second string on, like the managers are smart at that level and, and they'll use it to their advantage, you know. But no, by all means, things like that there certainly would help you. Yeah. Because you see, and you know, fingers crossed, the lockdown doesn't happen again. But if it was to happen again, you know, it's yeah. it, it makes a mockery of what of what the season is. It does. I, I honestly think, look, and I'm no expert in these matters. I think it's going to be a stop start season. Yeah. I, I I couldn't sit here and say that we're not going to have another outbreak down the line, a few months down the line, where you're going to have to draw things to halt again. I hope to God that we don't. But I could see it happening again. So I think we now need to learn how to live with this better, so that when it does happen again, that. You know that there's measures in place. Everybody knows what the protocol is, yeah. and that you can just get on with it in some shape or form. You know, and um, personally speaking, and again, this is only my personal opinion. I can't see why you can't train outside, outdoors, in a controlled environment yeah. as footballers. I agree. I um, and this isn't begrudging anybody else in any other industry. Like, but you can yeah. go into the gym and work with a personal trainer. Yeah. Um, and I go myself, so I can't complain. I can vouch for that. But at the same time, why, why can them we not train? I know. It, it or does or play matches? It seems that it's, it's blurred and it sometimes doesn't make sense, some of, some of the rulings and some of the statements. Yeah. They are looking out for our, our well-being, I suppose, but it's some of the logic... But is there any evidence of this transmitting in, the, in this environment, in a football environment? Again, I'm not sure if there the is. Thing. I don't think there is, but then it's sort of, you know, it's creating an elitism too, where the, the, the elite clubs can train, yeah. but here can't. We have a facility here at Oxford Sunnyside, as you say, it's a controlled environment. We have all the protocol. We're meeting the grade yeah. to, to actually carry on from previous yeah. procedures. Yeah. The protocol you yeah. had to meet, we've met that, and we were allowed to train now. 
we're on the back foot again. <coughs> it sort of stunts the growth of, of the club. I think so. I think that's why maybe some clubs are frustrated that people have spent money trying to put procedures in place, you know, in terms of your sanitisation, yeah. uh, entry and exit routes and things like that. And everybody's kind of jumped through all the hoops that you have to to try and get back playing football again and then suddenly now you've got to stop. Look, it's not down to the AFA, it's not down to Mid-Ulster. This is coming down from the powers that be. But ultimately, I just don't see the sense in it at times there. And that's under no way undermining uh, the effect of COVID in the country. And But I'm just looking at it in terms of uh, consistency of approach across the board yeah. in, in terms of other industries and, and stuff like that. And I just don't see the logic to it, to be quite honest with you. We yeah. need something. We need something. Football is yes, uh, a big thing in many people's lives. Well, it takes a massive part up your life, I'm sure. Well, uh, it takes, it takes it? probably the majority of it up, I would say. <laughs> how have you found it from the previous lockdown and now, now this one again? Um, look, I enjoy what I do. Don't get me wrong, it comes with its challenges. Um, but it's probably just a way of life for me at this stage now, you know. Um, you get a buzz from football like no other. Absolutely. And I uh, suppose the highs and lows are extreme. We've all been there at both ends of the spectrum. But um, no, look, it, it takes up a lot of my time, but it's time I enjoy spending. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's enjoyable. So now let's best case scenario, we get back to football. No further lockdowns for the season. Where do you see the season going, or building on what you've achieved so far? Look, I, I don't like to put too much pressure on the players. You know, all I'd like to see is progress. You know, we came in the intermediate day last year and we finished fifth on average points. We'd probably argue the case that we might have finished above that <coughs> had we finished out our fixtures. Just looking at some of the games we had left to play. But having said that, like that was a good start, a good solid Absolutely, season. Yeah. We're getting into the Marshall Cup semi-final. Uh, don't start me with that. Um, <laughs> we've got notification from the league that the last year's Marshall Cup isn't going to be played out. So that semi-final isn't going to happen, but yeah. yet the Alan Wilson Cup semi-finals were played from last <laughs> year. And the final's going to be played. And the other divisional cups are going to be played in Mid-Ulster, but not the Marshall Cup. So it, it felt to us like our efforts yeah, to get to the semi-final and the other clubs that were still in the competition like we had no God-given right to win anything yeah. we could have went out to the semi-final and got beat 5 or 6 who knows yeah. but we felt we earned the right Absolutely. to be there so we should have had the same opportunity as the other clubs to play the game yeah. how can you say it to the likes of Market Hill that right you can play Alan Wilson's Cup from last year the semi-final but Oxford's only said you can't play the Marshall semi-final yeah, do their efforts yeah, mean more than ours and no yeah. disrespect to Market Hill good luck to them yeah. um, but no that, that was uh, something that disappointed me. Sorry, we went bit off. Went oh, off the yeah, this, there, is but, what, uh, this is what it's about. It's a sense, keeping up and getting, <laughs> celebrating yourselves, etc. So, say we have uh, we chatted for quite a while, and it's, well, it's great. Ten minutes content, buddy. Appreciate your efforts. <laughs> no problem. So, obviously, our relationship as, as footballers and friends is, is deep. And now, sort of Oxford Sunnyside is a club that's on the up. And our kids are heavily involved in the club, yeah, in the club as well. Niall as well. Niles girls play football with my girls, your boys uh, are playing underage, GDC, etc. Do you see this lockdown, this, this lay of the land now, detrimental to the kids and their development? I, I do. I, I've got two boys there, as you know. Oliver's in the 2013s and Ethan's in the 2009s. And they both love football. Yeah. But you look, out, look at it there from March until now. You know, they've lost out in this year's amount of football and development there. It's almost like they're going to be... Sort of, is a missing year there in their development, Big you know, team. pretty yeah. much. I know they've come back into the club there and, and they're playing away um, up until the most recent lockdown, but they're only really getting going again. 
And for kids at that age, okay, it's their development, their football development, but it's a social thing for them as well. Because don't forget, like, at the minute, they're not in school either. No, that's it. That's the massive so thing. They're, they're not in school and they're, yeah. not, they're not able to come down and play with their friends. They're not out in the air. Um, you know, I would have a concern there, I think. And when you, when you look down the line to maybe get maybe three or four years older, they're going to be a year behind. Exactly. The, stuff, the previous generations, yeah. you know, that maybe yeah, didn't have this. So... I suppose the impact that remains to be seen, but there has to be some impact, you know. Well, unfortunately, there will be an impact. It's it, and it's a stigma too with this. This these are this, they're, they're going to be the COVID generation, yeah, you know. This, this is it. You don't want them being a fearful to go to training or yeah. fearful to go to school yeah. or fear. It's trying to create that, put that positive vibe on it. And as I said, the, the lack of football is going to be a massive not football aside, but a lack of interaction and in sport for the kids moving forward. Hopefully, we get back to. Some sort of normality and, uh, and 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 sort of kick on back to yeah. I mean, I go back to it. Like I mean, I don't see the sense in young kids that is not being able to play, you know, sport outside in a socially distanced, controlled environment. Yeah. When I believe soft plays are open, for example, you know, <laughs> like, again, again, how, how do you reconcile? Well, you know, again, you can look to everybody, you know, involved with soft play because yeah. they have no problems with that whatsoever. But just level playing field, you know, exactly makes sense, make sense it. across yeah, the board. It should be. It should be makes sense for everybody. Uh, so there's also developments happening next door, uh, with your what we'll call it a hut social room social yeah. room. Yeah. So what's what's your wisdom and logic behind it? it looks great by the way, and uh, say COVID aside, it, it'll be uh, a popular place to hang out. Let's hope it's just the facilities in the club, Bertie. Uh, you know, in terms of the clubhouse, have been great over the years, but they're they're just a wee bit dated. And with the whole COVID situation, we just felt that the club needed that. Uh, sort of an improved and more modern meeting space for committee meetings, for gatherings and so on. Yeah. Um, so that's the idea behind it. Like, and uh, like hopefully the minute there, obviously we can't use it and we haven't been able to use it. Um, but hopefully that situation may change a few months down the line, you know, because um, I think everybody's in the same boat here. It's uh, You're trying to develop the club and build the facilities, but at the minute we can't really use them. No, and it's no, frustrating, it's but frustration, look, it but is what it is. But say we'll dig deep. Listen, Paddy, short and sweet. Appreciate your efforts. Not thanks a bother. Thank thanks you very for, much. Thanks for keep, with keep the, it up. The rest and, of the podcast. Uh, playing, and, keep the uppies with us. Not a problem. Uh, so uh, we'll check in with you again as the season develops. Hopefully after the next uh, four weeks you're back kicking on and we can celebrate you some more. Sounds good, yeah. So Cheers. thanks again thanks and we'll chat me. again soon. Cheers.
So, Football France, again, that was Nell and Patty. That interview was recorded on Saturday, the 24th. And again, unfortunately, uh, per Nell got called away mid-conversation. Mid, mid so, we will, Nell has promised to catch up and give us a bit of his time maybe later on, a few weeks down the line, and we can even even chat about uh, Scottish football. I'm sure, Nell has plenty of opinions on that at the minute. So, it's now Sunday, 25th of October. Uh, it is... 4:25 p.m. Just want to wrap things up just with uh, some of the some of the Premier League goings on uh, and Scottish football. I see that uh, Celtic drew 3-3 with Aberdeen last kick of the ball penalty giveaway. <laughs> and now we'll have an opinion on that and we'll catch her up to it. Uh, Rangers have definitely uh, kicked on this season and Celtic are are on the tails for a change. But so Everton Everton have. Uh, had uh, a wee bit of humbling today by Southampton, which was, as a Liverpool fan, which was, was as good to see. But as a football fan, Southampton, a year on from their humiliating defeat by Leicester 9-1, they very much turned a corner. Danny Ings playing a predominant part in that. The guy is uh, a workhorse and an asset to any team. An asset to any team. So I fired out the the bat signal last night just uh, following the boring nil-nil draw at Chelsea and Manchester United uh, in anticipation of watching the Liverpool match and hoping to see some exciting football. And a few people uh, got in touch. My good friend Stephen Lavery. And this was a a very interesting uh, message from Stephen following the, as I say, the very boring nil-nil draw. I say we will talk about the Harry Maguire chokehold. WWF, WWE-esque but Stevie's opinion on the match he said for, for the Man United match Ole got his start in 11 all wrong Axel had a blinder against PSG and he didn't get a chance to be fair the two centre-backs actually played well today despite Maguire's chokehold he actually had a good game played well from the back and kept his cool in defence AWB Arn Juan Basaka for uh, the oldies had an awful game slow getting back and couldn't complete a single cross into the box both managers were afraid to take a gamble and try to out defend each other which was a mistake on both sides the game was there to be won and that's why neither of them will win the league title Ole and his tactics are too inconsistent and that will never change he needs to go Stevie 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 I think he's doing a great job (laughs) As for the Liverpool game, dot, 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 dot. I think at that stage the game hadn't yet kicked on. Or maybe it had, I can't remember. But however, I asked the question again. Which one was a penalty? So this was mid, mid-Liverpool mid game. Liverpool's Fabinho gave away a, penalty, a so-called penalty uh, on the edge of the 18-yard line. And again, we're told that VAR was checking whether it was a penalty. Not if it was inside or outside the box, etc. Or sorry, if it was a foul. Not whether it was inside or outside the box. The referee got it completely wrong. The video assistant referee got it completely wrong. They reward they rewarded the penalty. Crazy stuff. Again, Stevie Lavery engaged again. What he said was hands down penalty. Again, in reference to the the Harry Maguire chokehold. Chelsea should have had a penalty, but the rest of the game today was solid. He has taken a lot of abuse over the last year, and rightly so. 
but you have to give him credit for his performance today. Sorry, Stevie's referencing Harry Maguire here. Yeah, so VAR had been a complete disaster, has to go back to the ref making decisions and getting them right or wrong. Human error is miles better than the computer error. And I agree with Stevie wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. I then went on to have a quick chat about Stevie joining uh, the coaching team at Oxford Sunnyside. And again, any budding coaches out there, uh, the door is open for new and old coaches to come on board and help out. And what I told Stevie and what I fully agree with, I've been doing this 20 plus years myself as a coach, it's the best decision you'll ever make. The most rewarding thing to, to see the, you implementing something, the kids implementing it on the, on the day, on the game day, and for it to be a success. The highs and the lows, it'll always be a joy. Uh, coaching, best decision you've ever, you'll ever made, you'll ever make. So get in touch with me or get in touch with Oxford Sunnyside and any other clubs that are out there looking coaches. I do remember recent posts where Derry Herc was another club that were asking for a first team coach. So opportunities are abundance and again the joys you'll take from coaching kids, senior men, whatever it is, get on board, get on board. It has served me well over the years. Yeah, so Andrew Nelson also touched base. So Stonewall penalty, Andrew said, for the Maguire one. But as soon as it's given, all of them will be awarded. Thought both sides settled for a draw early doors. If a player in his form, if a player is in form, then play them. He talks about Axel and Pogba were excellent against PSG. Again, I agree with Andrew. Uh, the, the young centre-back, Axel uh, Tan Uwazibi. You can give me stick about how I pronounce that. Against PSG, he was the outstanding player, I thought. He was very, very good. I also admired McTominay and his performance. And I, say, I spoke with uh, another Manchester United friend regarding that. But Pogba is a world beater. He needs to play. But I think he's a, if it's an injury, if it's if it's fitness, then I understand. But he has to he has to play. If the attitude's not right and he's on his way out, then fair play to Ollie. He's just sticking to his guns. But... Lindelof, Maguire, Stevie Lavery did say they played well. Andrew Nelson acknowledged that as well. But uh, young Axel is a is a massive uh, massive bonus for United in their search for a competitive, well settled uh, backline. Can he play beside Maguire? That has to be the next option for Ollie, and see how he settles in. But he was definitely the highlight for the PSG game. And that aside, United did defend well, but it was a poor showing. Man United Chelsea. Man United Chelsea, nil nil draw. Neither team wanting to win. Both teams fear fearful of losing. That's not the approach. That's not the approach of uh, of champions or willing or want champions. The games need to be taken by the throat. Which was demonstrated in the Liverpool game. And uh, say some world class goal scored. Had VAR not intervened. Mo Salah's goal was uh, something spectacular for again dealing with millimetres again and so be it but all in all it was a, an interesting an interesting uh, Saturday evening of football again Manchester United aside I'm going to say it Manchester United and Chelsea aside I don't want to be this isn't the Liverpool loving this is calling it as I see it uh, United and Chelsea let themselves down I think in the, that lacklustre approach the highlight of that game was the afters with uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Patrice Evra. That was a joy. Love that passion. Love that passion. 
so just to tie things up round it off so VAR still causing causing a concern I'm, I'm not going to harp back to the Virgil van Dijk issue to to the VAR letting it down there's been so much said about it already it is clear and apparent that VAR is a massive issue as I say the referee has now got several views of every and any uh, scenario still VAR's dictating the referee's not using the monitor so the referee has been dictated to rather than actually calling it with with a second or third view for himself. So all these things, still there's no clarity, still there's no consistency. However, we see that the, the, the score lines in the games have started to level out. Big shout out to Leeds United. Big shout out to Aston Villa. These teams are competing. The season's still very young, uh, but they're up there, they're up there uh, scoring goals, competing. So as I said, this championship, this Premier League uh, title race is very much open, up for grabs. Uh, Liverpool had a f- f- well-fought victory against Sheffield United, who are no slouches themselves. Just that little bit of class, I think, shown through uh, for Liverpool. But Everton got a little humbling today. Teams are going to take points out of everybody. The, the games are going to swing left, right. And centre, who knows how it's going to be. As I say, we're six games in. Let's talk about it again when we're 12 games in. Let's see where the season, see where the, the league sits uh, at Christmas time. But it's going to be an interesting one. Goals galore, please. Let's let's go and attack. Let's play competitive attack in football. Let's have a word with uh, young Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and young Frank Lampard. Both guys spent their career scoring goals. They line up their teams as they did. Playing with fear. Lack of passion. Is it a burnout from too many games too soon? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's protecting protecting your your reputation. I don't know. <laughs> yes, now we can show both teams have, uh, have a basis for defending. But on the back of having a solid back line, you then kick on. And there's no doubt in both teams, the players that they have to their at their disposal going forward, that they should have been penetrating each other's back line and goals, trying to make, trying to score goals, trying to trying to win the game. It just wasn't wasn't clear and apparent. But as I say, the chokehold aside, Harry Maguire played well. A little bit less stick. So a clean sheet from the uh, defenders union is, is always is always a bonus, but we want to be entertained, particularly uh, now that they're asking us to pay fifteen pound a fifteen pound a game, which is scandalous. So just to round things up, uh, the biggest talking point uh, for me, or the biggest salvation of and, and joy and celebration of football, was an off-field contribution by uh, Marcus Rashford, and as I say. Uh, United football fans, United football people, because in a stance on humanity, a stance on doing the right thing, a young man at 22 years of age is taking the lead, leading by example, telling the the establishment, the polit, polit, the politicians in our life, the government in in England, etc., to you know shaming them into having to feed kids, and kids should not be going hungry, and him using his platform for positive. 
is something is something spectacular and something something that the football community should celebrate and be proud of. And Marcus Rashford should absolutely be a hundred percent proud of himself. Thankfully, in our own wee country here, uh, the government has seen has seen the the, the right way, and, and kids are receiving uh, payment for you know for dinners etc. And no kids should go without. So, say just my my thoughts and feelings on that. Again, celebrating the great and the good. Uh, really enjoyed catching up with Paddy Paddy McCrory, and uh, nearly nearly now. But say so we'll sign off for this and VAR. Need to have a word. Local football here when COVID disappears, the future's bright. The future's promising. We have a lot of clubs on the up. We have a lot of clubs competing, and again pushing for for comp- competition, pushing for trophies. And our kids. Our kids' football, again, there's plenty of clubs out there that can offer that platform for they can enjoy their football. And we get back to some football smiles moving forward. So, if you like listening, like, share, subscribe, catch me on all the platforms. This is going out in Podbean initially. And again, thanks for tuning in, football friends. And uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Remain awesome. Look after yourselves. Thank mm-hmm. you.